Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. On this episode, I have Julia back. She is fascinating. You might remember her from the 60 Trips Around the Sun episodes. And she has her young 17-year-old mentor with her. And this was a fantastic chance to have three generations of women talk about all different kinds of things. It really turned into much more than I was expecting. And I hope you enjoyed as much as I do. Here we go. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> oh. I thought, like, we were still testing. <laughs> Are you doing it now? No, okay. Okay. Hi, this is Julia. Hi, Julia. (laughs) Welcome back. Oh, some of those people are going to know me. They're going to remember me. Some people have listened to the other episodes, yes. Okay. And who did you bring along with you? Uh, She brought along uh, Rowena Wombold, a teenager who hasn't been here before. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You can call me uh, Blue. Blue, that's right. If that is if that is easier, Rowena's also good too. Rowena, okay. Yeah. All right. So we were talking about me um, making some observations and wanting to tell people I'm. I just feel like, oh my God, if we do the ET thing, we're going to be in really big trouble. Really big trouble. <laughs> Hold that thought. If I may clarify, how old are you? I am 17, going on 18 in May. Going on 30? Yes. <laughs> Maybe 40 even. <laughs> All right. What is this about ETs now? Do you remember that movie? Yes. Did you see it in the theater? Yes, I did. How old were you? When it came out? Yeah. Mm, I'd have to look at what exact year it came out. I was 83. younger than 10. 83. So I was 8. Seven, eight, depending on the time of year. Yeah. I took my boys. My little brother was about six at the time. And, um, uh, he had, well, I was seeing someone romantically who had two young boys right around the same age, six, seven or so. I had tried to take them to movies before. They had never cooperated in a theater, ever. Ever, ever, ever. It didn't matter what movie we saw. I tried to take them to see Star Wars in a theater. And they could not be more intolerable. <laughs> I took them to CET. <clears throat> and I'm not sure what what the director producer did with the movie, but somehow it hypnotized these young children. They never took their eyes off the screen. From the opening credits, they didn't take their eyes off the screen. They sat perfectly still from beginning to end. And that was the first thing that struck me about the movie that made me go, uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, it was a neat movie, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the story. It was so sweet. But something about the content of the movie was making me really nervous. And it took me years to figure it out. I'm dying to hear this. That movie was all about needing a rescue. Like a big fucking rescue. Not a little rescue, but like... Please save me from my incredibly sad life that I live. Please, Hmm. please be my friend because I live a fractured life and I need somebody to believe in who believes in me. And there's really nothing wrong with that. But if that's it, if that's all you got, you may experience some trouble. Because if you're looking for somebody outside yourself to be your hero... There's a, like a 
99% chance that person will let you down at some point and sometime. And then what? Then what do you do? Do you know what I'm saying? So I've got all these friends that are saying stuff like, if we don't get Trump out of office in this election, we're just, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. I'm going, are we? I mean, seriously, are we really? Because I've got other friends that are saying, if that Joe Biden idiot gets in there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just thinking, I don't know. Is it going to be that different? I mean, seriously, is it is it going to be super different? Please explain the difference between George H.W. Clinton, uh, George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. How much of a difference was there? Was there, see, uh, Clinton brought us NAFTA uh, and more war. Uh, and then George W. Brought us, brought us more war and the Patriot Act. And is it really going to be that different? And so I'm, I'm getting concerned about my friends that are insisting we're headed to a civil war. First of all, they don't have a fucking clue how bad that would be. They really don't. When I try to talk to them about, hey, hey, uh, you got any money in your bank account? Oh, you do? Oh, you know what's going to go away if we have a civil war? That. That's going to go away. Like, oh, hey, you, you getting any checks from Social Security? Oh, you are. Yeah, you know what's going to go away if we have a civil war? That. That's going to go away. And and the stuff that's in the grocery We were in the grocery store this morning. Yep. All the shelves were packed. It was awesome. Lots of space, light, anything you wanted. Well, just about anything you wanted. Sometimes I have issues with that store, but <laughs> it was lovely. And that kind of stuff will go away if people do the Civil War thing. And as far as I can tell, the thing that's making them think that that might be necessary is if their quote-unquote guy, gal, whoever, doesn't get in then everything's just going to go to hell. I'm like, hmm, not unless you choose that. I'm serious, not unless you choose that. I just don't... I really want people to think about what affects their lives, and what affects their lives are their choices. Life is full of free will. So you can choose to think that the person that's in the office is just a maniac, or you can choose to think, well, I don't agree with what they do, and I would like to do some things to maybe counteract what they're doing, but maybe they're not a maniac. Maybe they just have their own agenda. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know we already, you already said you don't completely agree with me about this uh, stuff. I just think it's hilarious that Julia said yesterday she wasn't going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, it's, hard, it's really hard. It's hard for me to not talk about it, actually. We, we talk about it at work, even though we're not supposed to. But I, the work is a perfect example of that it's really not that impactful. I mean, it's just not. Um, when uh, the current administration got into office um, and the current <coughs> president was saying things like, uh, uh, that Air Force One's too expensive. Is that going to sleep and doesn't it's, mean anything? It's still recording. Okay. Fine. That Air Force One is too expensive and, uh, and it was impacting work then. No, not really. <laughs> it didn't impact us at all. But people were pretty up in arms about that, right? Mm -hmm. At the big airplane company. People were like, what is he doing? So, it's stuff like that that I 
can't not talk about. I mean, it's really hard to not talk about it, but I'll tell you what I won't do is I, I'm done listening to the, the bashing crap. I'm not any, any of that stuff that comes online anymore. I just, it's, it's soul draining. I definitely agree with you there. It's, it's soul draining. It, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy the, the comedy pundits, the, the people who have a show every day or at least once a week, and they, they show the inanity of, I don't even know if that's a word, they show, I think it's a word, inanity around, um, like, feeding the population. Are you aware that the majority of reason why farmers don't they don't donate their food, their leftover food, and they have enough leftover food to feed the entire population over again. But they don't donate because they would have to pack the food and they would have to truck the food places where the food could be distributed. And they're willing to do that as long as they at least get a tax break for it. Right? But every single time our congressional representatives have put together a bill to do that, to make it possible for farmers to get a tax break. They have taken the content of the bill and they have gutted the shit out of it, literally to the point that it doesn't have anything to do with tax breaks for farmers. They can do that. They can, yeah. take, they can take this thing that on the outside is green. I'm gonna pass this bill, it's green. It's green through and through. It has the name green on it and it gets all the way through Congress and people have taken shit out of it and put other shit into it. And it is only green from namesake and that's all that's in there that's green is the name. Every other color is represented inside that bill but not green, not green. So I, that, that kind of stuff is the stuff I'm talking about. That kind of stuff makes me feel an, an uncontrollable need to talk about this because I think we're angry at each other for we know not what. But a lot of a lot of my friends just seem to be angry. They're just angry. They're not necessarily angry for a particular reason. They're just angry. And I want to say to them, have you studied why it is you're angry right now? Because I think that if you study it, you'll discover it's not what you think you're angry about. Well, I'll have you know that we are still in the middle of our Why We Hate series. There was a documentary on uh, Discovery Channel uh, called Why We Hate. It's a six-part documentary. It's pretty, pretty damn brutal. <clears throat> <laughs> you'll never watch it? Is that what you said? I'm definitely going to watch oh. it. <laughs> Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very intense. I could not watch more than one episode at a time because, uh, there's live video and pictures and things of terrible things that have happened. But, uh, I think it does a really good job trying to explain the genesis and origin of how we got here. And I am doing with Matt, uh, a coverage of this, so... I've only gotten through episode three for the coverage. We're going to hopefully sit down tonight and record the rest of it. But Is it is it about tribal? 
Is it our tribal nature? That's part of it. They actually um, talk about in the very beginning about the difference between chimpanzees and bonobos and how resource-driven things cause, you know, aggression. Mm -hmm. Just kind of at a base level. Mm -hmm. And then uh, fear is a big part of it for a lot of different reasons, not just blanket fear, but... It's chemical. And then uh, the tribalism of, you know, us... And them, it comes also down to the resources, which is, we need to protect us, so if you're not us, you're them, and so therefore you're a threat. And it's not even a conscious thing, I don't think, but... Listen to the episodes. <laughs> yeah. Or even better, watch the videos, because they're pretty great. It's hard for me to watch that stuff. It's very hard to watch. It is. I don't watch spooky movies specifically because of that. Mm -hmm. The I last spooky, spooky movie. <laughs> the last spooky movie I saw was uh, Aliens, the first one, and I never watched another one after that. What? Yeah. But, but the second movie is the best. Yeah. Maybe it was the second movie that I watched. Well, and it's I aliens, didn't watch the plural. First one. It is the second movie. It is. If yeah, if it's, it's the it. one where Sigourney Weaver's in a tank top, and the only reason I watched it. Is because a bunch of the guys kept saying, "You know, you you know you look." She's just in a like tank her. top a lot of times. <laughs> you, you know, you look just like her. And I went, "What?" They're like that gal in that movie, Aliens. You look just like her. And I was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna watch that movie." I wish <laughs> I hadn't, because I couldn't sleep. I I don't understand how that's entertaining. Being frightened like that, I don't see it as entertaining. I got uh -huh. nightmares from Aliens. I pictured like an alien trying to like. You know in like dreams like you're running but you're not actually running like you're in the body motion motion of moving but you're not actually like moving forward and the alien was just coming right towards me and then I wake up. That's it was scary. It was awesome. You like that? I like that. <laughs> well because I knew it was a dream. I was like oh. I knew it was a dream. So I was like I'm conscious that this is a dream. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I mean it's crawling on the ceiling. It's going to eat me. It's going to destroy me. But it's a dream. <laughs> I just knew I was in a dream, so I'm like, I'm good, it's fine. Although I'm really pissed that I can't run. It's probably why I acknowledged it was a dream, so now it's like, oh, well, now you can't run. And it's like, oh, great. Okay. I, yeah. I, some of the things that she says, I hear her say them, and I just think, wow, we speak too differently. It amazes me. Well, isn't that why we have her here today? Because... <laughs> We have three generations sitting here right now. Oh, we do. Yeah. We have the... Yes, Boomer. We have three generations. <laughs> we have the boomer. boomer. We have the Generation X. Yes. I, do, you're do not you know, even a millennial, though, are you? I'm, I'm Generation Z. Yeah. She's younger than mm -hmm. millennial. We're missing a millennial. Mm -hmm. Is Matt a millennial? No, he's oh, a, okay. a Gen X. Gen X? Okay. Do, 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 you know I'm on the cusp, right? Yeah. I'm, like, right? I'm, I'm on the cusp as well. well so how, how old are you? Of millennial. Well, yeah. How old are you? Me? Yeah. I'm 60, but that's the cutoff for 59 was the cutoff for baby boom. Okay, yeah. boomer. And it depends on <laughs> what year, what what scale you look at for Gen Xers, but I'm close within a couple years mm -hmm. of the end of that. Me too. So I sometimes, uh, according to certain people, have the pessimism <laughs> of a Gen Xer, but then the la la. What's my one, my one friend calls me uh, candy cane. Unicorn, yeah. What? Okay, Miss Candy Cane Unicorn. <laughs> oh Never. When I think everything's gonna be all right. When I think, when I think people are gonna choose to be have joy and and they're gonna choose a future for their children. 
He's like, okay, Miss Candy Cane Unicorn. Because <laughs> I do. I look at her and think, oh my God. Why did we choose capitalism over having a livable planet? I don't understand it. Why did we do that? I don't really think it was a choice. I think it was accidental. Capitalism? I think it was, I think the idea that we uh, ruined things was, we just didn't, we didn't understand the implications of our actions. Yeah. I definitely yeah, agree with that. I agree with that. There was no foresight to. No. It was like. Or understanding, frankly, of science. <laughs> well, I think some people did understand Back science. in the beginning. I mean, like, in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. I, I think some people did understand science, but I don't think that they were the people that could influence decisions. Mm -hmm. the, well, the, money talks. Uh, right. To, it talks to some people more than other people. Talks to some governments more than other governments. Yeah, exactly. I've been having a lot of uh, conversation come up around generations, especially when Matt and I did the Century in Review episode where we were looking back at everything, kind of major events, not everything, not the end-all-be-all -all list, but many things that have happened since the year 2000. And we were talking about 9-11. Now, 9-11 happened in 2001. We were all, just like many events in history, very aware of what happened and it affected us personally. Um, but I was saying there are people that were not alive, that have not experienced this in the same way. And so then Gen Z is going to see that event as I look back at Vietnam or World War II, things, you know, Kennedy's assassination. I wasn't there. I didn't live the experience. Mm -hmm. And so what, when, when we talk, when you hear about 9-11, I mean, you've seen the images, obviously, because right. every 9-11 anniversary, there's PTSD abounds because they keep showing the images over and over, but you didn't live it when it was happening. So no. when you see those images, what does that mean to you? When I, like, see images of 9-11, it, I was born in 2002 and 9-11 happened, um, in 2001 when I see those images, at first it's like really scary, like what this happened? Like it's 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 really frightening. I think what they teach us in school, every year we go through the events of nine eleven. Ever since I've been in school and even in kindergarten we talked about nine eleven. Yeah. Um I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but it was just like once I got into school I knew what nine eleven was. Mm -hmm. And they taught us um they definitely had a lot of uh, patriotism towards it. Like, we wrote, like, um, thank you cards to, like, firefighters and, like, like soldiers and whatnot. And we said, I'm sorry cards to, like, families that, like, have passed away. So there was a lot of, a lot of emotionalness towards it. But I feel like a lot of our generation was just like, well, we didn't live through this. Mm-hmm. Did this like really happen? And we know it like really happened. Like it was like a thing, but it, we didn't like personally like live through it. So we're just writing thank you cards, thinking like, okay, we're just we're just gonna do this. To some, it's like rather personal. Somebody could have had like a parent that had died in nine eleven, but none of us would would know. So some of us might still be affected by by nine eleven, but um. 
And you were here on the West Coast. So yeah, I, I was here on the West Coast, and I was I was just here in Washington. I wasn't even bored. Right, but I mean, I'm going to like school and going everything. to you school. Were on the West Coast. I was in the West Coast, and um, we didn't like personally like have things to like um, remember nine eleven, except like when it was like in school, like there would be assemblies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mainly just filled with a lot of, like, patriotism and support for those families who have lost people. I think, I think that, that was the part that was really sweet about it, is, like, we support our, um, our military, the people who, who help us, who help us, like, like, lift us up from, like, whatever has been, like, been happening, because, by gosh, like, we would not be here without them, and that's what is we... That, is that the only thing? that's like that for you guys is it is it I'm, I'm asking because I'm, I'm curious if there are other subject matters where you point your voice towards the microphone <laughs> weird okay there are, there are there are other subject matters where you have that same kind of experience where it's not something that you were involved in or anybody you weren't even alive when it happened, right? But they, they kind of put you through it. I mean, you, you they dredge it all up and they go again, that kind of thing. Right? Is, is that the only subject for you guys? Um, no, I think more. I think when I went into my high school years, we definitely talked a lot about school shootings, mm. and that definitely does affect us because it's so, like yeah, talk about that because right, obviously, in. Julia's generation, that was not really a thing. That never happened. Obviously, you had other things you could worry about, like uh, the Cold War. <laughs> and oh, that you're day about after t- our the day after tomorrow <laughs> video where everybody got blown into oblivion. Yeah. But And we had to worry about... School shootings happened kind of right at the end of my high school years, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that I felt like could personally happen. It was still that very far-off thing, whereas right. now... It happened so much. Right. And it happened at my school, like my alma mater since then. You know, Marysville High School had the shooting. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, tell me about how that is for you experiencing that on a very visceral level that (laughs) that we can't understand because we were not in school. No, yeah. Um, In school, like, um, like the first thing like you hear when like, there's been a school shooting at first for us it was like what the hell why is why is this even like happening like it's a freaking school and and like us as the students like we talk about like why is this happening like what can we do to like like stop this like from occurring should we change like gun laws should we like um have more mental health um statements placed in schools um to help kids who might be struggling and it's also, like, very, like, fear-impactful because it's, like, oh, my gosh, like, who has a gun? Mm-hmm. Like, who, like, someone could be, like, really, really unhappy and just, like, really just, like, want to make a statement at our school. And there have been, like, commercials. There was there was one time a school commercial um, that was post, that was, like, first, like, statement, like, these socks, like, help me, like, keep me warm, and, like, this backpack helps me, like, pack up my stuff, but then all the students are, like, running around, and it's, like, scary, and then you see, like, students, like, bleeding from their leg, and they're, like, these socks can also be used for, like, bandages to, like, help your friends, 
and then like a kid is like that's a commercial that's a commercial and kids and there's there's like a girl hiding in a bathroom and texting her mom i love you and she's like i have a phone that keeps uh that keeps me connected with my mom wow and and just hear the shooter coming in and that's terrifying yeah (laughs) it's very like fear intacting and for us it's like very real just like because like we we look at those commercials and we're like holy shit that could be us and it's so so terrifying but as us as students we the first thing when when we first talked about um school shootings we first talked about like yeah, like, oh my gosh, like, this is terrible. But then we're just like, what can we do to stop this shit? Because this is, this is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it happens so much in my generation tells me that something needs to be done. Either it's gun control, either it's um, more mental health stuff in place. Just, just about anything in general. Like, we talk about, me and my friends, and, like, we talk about it. We talk about what is the solution to this. Does it feel like it's going to have to be your generation to do something about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which honestly, like, kind of sucks, because... <laughs> be honest. I mean, I feel no, the same it, way. It, it does. It does. It does kind of suck. Why? Because you guys got other things that are, like, really big that you got to deal with? Or? Well, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know you can... I don't want you to, like, solve my problems, because... Do you know what the problems are? It's cultural. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's my thing I was saying before. People are angry and they are... It's somebody else's fault that I'm angry. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Fuck you. You're the one that made me angry. I'm going to take out my aggression on you because you fucking pissed me off. So I'm going to shoot you. Seriously, that's what it is. It's a, it's a cultural issue. Right. And I'm saying that because I've spent some time in other cultures. And you know what they're... Behavior is around that. If you're pissed, it's about you. Figure it the fuck out. Right. I'm serious. It, if you are... So I've got some friends from England, and they, they own guns here, right? They didn't own guns in England, but they own guns here. And but why they, didn't they own guns in England? Because they're not allowed to. Right. Their policemen don't even have... Well, most of their policemen don't even have guns. Right. But they tell me that this cowboy stuff that exists here, this doesn't exist around the planet. No, it And they, they say... You know how here, you when you feel slighted by something, when you feel somebody has wronged you, and it could be something super, this one, this one uh, English friend of mine, it could be something super bloody, non-significant. Somebody fucking honked at you, and you're going to take <laughs> a shot at him. Mm-hmm. He says, that is so bizarre to us. He, over in England, he says, the, their, their culture says... Your first responsibility is not to protect yourself. It's to defuse the situation. So if somebody does something to you, it's not like the first thing they think of is, how do I retaliate? The first thing they think of is, how do I defuse the situation? And it's actually in their laws. If you retaliate first, instead of figuring out a way to neutralize the issue, you're going to get, you're going to go to jail. Unless it has to do with soccer. Okay. Well, or should I say football for those? <laughs> there, there's a reason why they're called sports fanatics, right? Fanatic, right? Fan addict. Yes, but why I'm bringing this up is because it's part of that why we hate series. And they do talk about fandom tribalism mm-hmm. and all around the world. 
how that mm-hmm. affects us. But mm-hmm. they also talk about the road rage situation and how that feeling, I had, I'd have to look at my notes to remember exactly what it was, but it's, you know, feeling slighted actually causes that fear response so that it's not just a, you were rude to me. It's a, you're attacking me personally mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. spirals that fear response into anger. Yeah. When I didn't have control of my PTSD, it was all that. It was, and I think I told, I think I told this story last time about attacking the guy with my phone. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was, it was not, uh, it was not even, I couldn't even click out. I was so in red rage that it had to be the voice of a friend that stopped me. It had to be somebody shouting my name to get me back to consciousness. I was completely blinded. So it, it absolutely is a threat to your physical well-being, a threat mm-hmm. to your emotional well-being. Yeah. That's what we have to change. That's what you guys have to change. Mm-hmm. You have to change our cultural uh, stance on who's mm-hmm. responsible for your emotions. You're responsible for your, your right. emotions. Nobody else can be responsible for your emotions. You have to. And I would definitely like to talk about that because... Um, us as a generation, we are raised by by our parents, and they constantly have this thing like if you're attacked, they're fucking attacking you, and so kids who grow up, and and for some kids it like it's like it's worse for like some kids like for me I never had to grow up, and like a a, a nasty neighborhood I I was always fed. Um, I, I was always protected and in some cases, like when you're always protected and you're attacked, that that's a big deal. Cause now you don't know how to defend yourself, but kids who are raised, like, um, who are raised in situations in which they 100% have to take care of themselves. They have to fucking protect themselves and their families. Like kids are raised with that shit. Do you find that it's the kids that are raised with that shit that act aggressively uh, by being slighted? Or is it the kids that have not really experienced that much? And so some other thing, something that outsiders would consider trivial, Mm -hmm. it it ignites them. Right. I I think it could just be a situation of both. And I think it's, it's, it's mainly fear. If kids, kids my age grow up like thinking like the whole fucking world is against them. And sometimes I have to tell my friends like, you're fine. You're okay. You're good. All this stuff outside, it's not here to personally attack you. I know, I get it. They're all, you, you feel it. Like they have this story in their head that tells them like, I'm going to be attacked by everything and everyone that's, that comes across me. And they they are so livid in in that shit. The hyper vigilance. That hyper vigilance thing, and I have to just tell them like, "Yo, you're okay." And but but as like kids like grow grow up, it's like they always have to protect themselves. And on top of our generation is like, you have to fix climate change. You have to like stop all this shit. It's like, well, it's not of my control. Like. Like, I'm fucked up, too. <laughs> right? So, like, I think it just comes to, like, fear. And I think a part of it is also they don't 
know what to do. Yeah. I, th- I think even kids who are raised to always protect themselves don't know what to do. Right, and that fear and that unknown and also feeling like you're growing up at the same time, that's every generation of teenagers. But as we've gone along, and especially I think in the last five to six generations, as technology has changed, mm-hmm. as other things in this culture have changed, because that's really when things started changing. Is, For yeah. hundreds of years, you were on a farm, you were born into the farm, you stayed on the farm. There wasn't anything else to do, and so you just did that, and there wasn't a lot of change. Once the Industrial Revolution kind of happened, and wars and whatnot, then, you know, baby boomers had the experience of the first suburbs and technology and that kind of thing. And then they wanted to give their children what they didn't have, and then Gen Xers came along and wanted to give their children what they didn't have, and poor millennials got shit on. (laughs) And got the blame for everything that we had done to, to each generation before us, which was now, oh, well, now you're just in a bunch of entitled shits. That's not their fault. We did that to them. Right. And now you're the next generation of, hey, by the way, everything is on you and you have to fix everything we just screwed up. Right. <laughs> and, and like, I look at, like, I, I look at, like, teens now and it's kind of like how, like, like, we even describe our describe ourselves as this is like there are the good kids and there are the bad kids the good kids um are like well privileged and like they're smart and they're talented um the bad kids are those who um who might not show that they are very talented who um are who are considered like rather poor or like like whatever like whatever like racial stereotype is like a racial or like sexual or like any stereotype that's like put on them then they're automatically like the bad kids and the good kids are um also have their stereotypes so like my generation has been like custom to like stereotyping each other like oh here are the gay kids here are um the african-american kids here are the the mexican kids like like we have like divided ourselves in like little groups and like i i see it like all the time like people have just like divided in like our group of areas and it it absolutely just sucks it sounds tribal do you think it, it's it tribal? does it does it does sound tribal but the reason i think why we do that is because those who have the same stereotype as you get it so get you yeah they they get they get you individually so you obviously like want to hang out with the people who are like you and get that stuff and sometimes those people can be very toxic people. So my generation is just accustomed to having like these group of people who like get us and but you can probably only see them at school and then there goes and then you go to like your home life and whatever your home life is, you got your own issues there. There was a movie in nineteen eighty five, I'm gonna say, called The Breakfast Club. Did you ever yeah. see that? Yeah, no, I I watched the Breakfast Club as one of my favorite, um, it's one of my favorite, uh, movies, um, it perfectly established, like, the stereotypes in there, and those kids, like, they're just sitting together, like, all in a group, and it's, like, I don't like you, I don't like you, I don't like you, oh, wait, we're all kind of just fucked human. in, like we're all just human, human. Like yeah, we're all, right, <laughs> we're all just human. Would you like to talk about the shirt oh. that you're wearing right now? Oh, I just wanted to, I wanted to wear the shirt. I'm wearing a shirt that says, um, we are all human, and in the human, 
Um, the H has the asexual flag, the U has the bisexual flag, the M has the gay flag, A has the trans flag, and N has the pansexual flag. I didn't even know those were flags. Oh. I thought they were just colors. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I had, if you just showed me a flag with those colors on it, I would have had no understanding. I, I have PowerPoints of all flags. of. She has more PowerPoints for me. <laughs> when we first met, we're all, I'll just tell everybody how how is it that uh, I know uh, Rowena. Rowena. I'm going to screw up your name forever. Because Blue. Rowena. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, because... Uh, uh, she started talking to me uh, very openly, like immediately, and I was shocked. I I met she, I I met you, and I knew you had like a wall up. I what? was like, she busted through that wall. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I met you, and like you were gonna, you were telling me like I was in the military and I work at Boeing, and I'm like, okay, okay, I know you done. I know. I'm. I looked. I went to myself. I was like, you've done some more fucked up shit than that. <laughs> So you need to fucking break down that wall. So I just started telling her. I was frightened. <laughs> I did not know how to talk to somebody that was that young, much younger than me. I had no idea. My this is a. Um, I came to know Ro through a mentorship program at her high school, and my friend that worked there had been wanting me to do it for uh, a long time, and I had pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. How could I possibly have anything to offer to somebody that was born? Uh, so soon ago that I have, most of my clothes are older than Ro. So, um, when uh, she spotted me, I, I thought, oh God, she just realized I'm going to talk to my grandma. Cool. Because <laughs> she didn't want a mentor. She didn't ask for a mentor. I, I didn't even know I signed up for one. <laughs> she didn't sign up for a mentor. This was all her, her, this was a clandestine group of adults, uh, in the background working. So the very first day that we met each other, she went through some stuff. <laughs> she told me some stories that made me, my, I know my face was ashen red. Like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. And then she started talking about things like, um, um, she was explaining, uh, she didn't explain. She would just use terms like pansexual nonchalantly. And finally I had to say, I don't understand what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? And she goes, hang on, I made you slides. I didn't make you slides. It would just so happen that I had slides. I am a GSA. Thank God you had slides. <laughs> I didn't understand. I am a GSA, GSA president of my school, which stands for Gay Straight Alliance. And people come to me asking, like, um, I know I'm this, but I don't know what the label is. And I'm like, hang on, I got you a PowerPoint for you. <laughs> so they go and pick from the marks. And she asked me just like, what's the, what, uh, what does pansexual mean? Please don't hate me, but what does pansexual mean? I'm like, hang on, I got a PowerPoint. All right. That's right. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I'd never even heard the term before. But so, the point was you were willing to ask. Right. That's what's important about that whole exchange. Well, for me, the point was I wanted to learn because evidently this is this is a thing. This is significant. This means But not something. everybody wants to learn. Right. People Pe want to stay in their echo chambers and not listen to each other. Thank God you say e echo chamber. Oh my gosh. She's pretty Gen smart. X. Yeah. <laughs> She's pretty smart. She's pretty smart. But but I I I will readily admit that I feel overwhelmed sometimes about some of the things that I want to learn that I don't understand. It's like going to see Star Wars, the recent one, without having the other movies 
in front of it so that you know who the hell is the guy with the long hair dressed kind of like Darth Vader's son? <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's, I had no idea. We went to the oh, theater poor with Kylo. Oh, we went to the theater with uh, my brother, who's a major Star Wars guy and has seen everything. And then with Wayne, my adopted son, who uh, also had seen some Star Wars stuff but hadn't seen the recent stuff. So oh who, my who gosh. knew that, that he doesn't was, make any sense? He, <laughs> you knew that he he was sitting there trying to make heads or tails out of what he's looking at, and he does. He's like. Who is that girl? <laughs> like, oh my God, he doesn't know what this is. Yeah. No, so sad. were you just like stuck, just like trying to like figure out? Like, no, what he is stopped it? after who was that girl. I said, she's the hero in the movie. He goes, mm, okay. And then he didn't say another <laughs> word. He just tried desperately to follow. He's such a good boy. 49 this year, boy. <laughs> so that really comes to an important point, coming back to the flag situation. Mm-hmm is the cultural change that has happened. I mean, we, we're talking about all the terrible things that have happened. Right, you know? now let's talk about some but, good stuff. But when you look back on our three generations, the massive social change that has happened oh, yeah. is also causing some of that fear because the social climate has changed so quickly we can't adapt to it. Mm-hmm. The people that aren't used to that are, are pushing back on the status quo because they're like, I, I don't understand this and it makes me afraid and I don't want to understand it. And then there's the other movement and this goes back to, you know, before civil rights, but that really kind of started this huge wave of cultural change and social change. Can you imagine when you were a teenager seeing a day when marriage, same-sex marriage was legalized? Can you even as, imagine that being the, in your lifetime? As the gay kid in high school right. got shoved into the lockers. Exactly. Not a fucking chance. And now we're talking about not just gay, just like... Just gay. Gay. <laughs> we're not talking about gays. But we're talking now about... We're, talk, we're actually talking and having the, the conversation in mainstream society about ah. transsexual people, transgender people, pansexual people. Bisexual people. All, all people. of the above. Because, like your shirt says, we're all human. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It does, does it personally hurt you if someone else loves someone else? That I got a funny yeah. take on that for you. I want to hear it. Because I discovered um, after same-sex marriage became legal that some of my friends had a major issue with it. And they would say things to me like, look, I don't have anything against you and Cindy getting married. I think it's great. All right? But I don't want you to call it marriage. Why can't you call it something else? And I, oh. I said to them, oh my God. So... When a man and a woman say uh, legal and spiritual words to each other with uh, obviously the intention of spending the rest of their life together, you don't want to call it marriage? No, that can be called marriage. Well, then why can't the other thing be called marriage? Because it's not. <sighs> it's different. Oh, and I, my God. I dug around and dug around and dug around and finally figured out what it was. They, they didn't want the one thing that they held over us to be lost. Oh, they didn't try to use the Bible excuse on you? Nope. Or they, the slippery slope excuse? Oh, people will just be marrying horses tomorrow. That's they, my favorite one. They, oh, my God. They, they wanted the, to have that one little nugget that makes them better than other people. And that is the truth of the matter. I finally called one of them out on it. And initially, she was just like, what are you talking about? And then 
she finally said, Look, I just don't want you guys to be considered the same as me and... And out it came. The truth. I had to poke her enough to get her angry enough to actually say it out loud. And she finally did. And I I was hurt. Oh my God, I was crushed. It's just like... Did this she is, even react is, to that actual the, truth coming out she of She did. Her? She did because she's that kind of person. She's really... She's actually really smart. She didn't understand what the implications were, though. Because when she said that, I said, Do you really feel that badly about who you are? Do you Are you telling, sitting there telling me that you have such a bad self-image that you have to have something significant over somebody else to make yourself feel better about who you are? Yeah, she totally got that. Because then she got really pissed, and we really had a conversation <laughs> around it. I, I, this is back to the... For me, this is back to the hero thing. That, you know, you, you think somebody outside yourself is responsible for your own self-worth. It's not. It's you. 100%. It's you, internally you. And this is how the school shootings stop. Mm -hmm. It's getting everybody to, to grasp the idea that there's nothing wrong with them. They are not less than right. anyone else. They are, they're not even the same as everyone else. They are... They are their own reason for being alive and, and they are being loved. And there's no need for them to strike out at other people. Right. But that can only happen if they stop feeling bad about who they are. Which right. is the mental health component. Because yeah. if you grow up with an attachment disorder or abuse or a million other things that cause you to Drug not issues. grow up or develop that mm -hmm. self-worth... Okay. You have not to gonna... learn how to develop that. You just are not born with self-worth. Right. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I am going to tell you that in when I was a kid, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, <laughs> when okay. I was a kid, there were plenty of kids that were getting the shit knocked out of them every single night by their parents. Mm -hmm. They're drunking, drunken. Nobody should let those assholes have a child parents. Uh, and I, I got to say that in those days... Those people, I'm kind of one of those people, grew up to be, like, the abuse that we doled out wasn't necessarily to a classroom full of children. The abuse that we doled out was to family members, people around us, and or ourselves. But we didn't feel the need to completely strike out at total strangers. So this has a completely different element and component to it. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a component, component to, to say about that. The thing with, um, with kids being abused in their homes and then lashing out at completely different strangers is because they're getting abused at home and then they go to school and kids are really fucking mean and, and not, and not just like kids being mean. But in school, they tell us that abuse is wrong. So every day, like, when they go to school, they're hit with the reality that what is being done to them is wrong. Which is probably the most... <laughs> the most heartbreaking thing, because they know something wrong is happening to them, and they have no way... To tell someone that something wrong is happening to them, so they feel like an injustice has been done upon them. Because people know that what's happening to them is so wrong, but yet nothing is happening to make it stop. So of course they would want to take that out on other people. Because other on people top not of doing that, it. Yeah. you have now 
constant social media. Right. So if you get bullied at school, you can't get away from it. Right. There's, there's no escape to anywhere safe. Right. And back in the day when people were getting Shot abused like they always have been, and bullying has always existed, that's not a new phenomenon, but it is now, there's an awareness around it. Right. So there's a conversation that, yeah, that I love that. I love hearing that because you're right. There, there's something very tangible about knowing something is wrong. Right. Versus just experiencing it and not understanding that you didn't do something to cause it. Right. My my grandma's generation, um, she's around your age. She's a little bit older than you. So, so she's a baby boomer as well. She was raised... Um, uh, like, she was sexually abused. She was abused by, by other people. She didn't know it was wrong. Because no one talked about that stuff. And if you did talk about that stuff, something was wrong with you. Right. Everybody was getting yeah. the belt or a wooden spoon or worse. <laughs> right. It right. was just society. Right. It was just society. And it was accepted that it was okay. Right. And then we figured out about trauma. <laughs> <laughs> right then then we figured out about that stuff and that's when people started realizing like this is fucked up we need to talk about this and we need to protect people and kids especially from this kind of stuff and i think julia your point is extremely valid because people especially in older generations that i've seen your generation and older uh don't I don't want to say don't understand, have a harder time understanding because their experience wasn't that. It wasn't right. open. It wasn't, hey, this isn't you. And it feels like an entitlement or it feels like um, coddling. Right. And I would have to kind of bridge that gap somewhere in between of, yes, you. the only thing you're actually in control of is your own emotions and how and what you're going to do with yourself. That's the only thing you have control of. You have no control over anyone else and what they do. However, the complicating factors of that are how your personality and resiliency factors play into, you know, what you were born with versus what you experience as you grow up. And that is generational, too. I mean, of course, there's generational trauma that we're now seeing in science is related to even in your DNA. Mm -hmm. And that generational trauma is being passed down, passed down. Mm -hmm. So now all these terrible things have been happening. And now all of a sudden there's this global social conversation about trauma and what it does to people and it, people do use it as an excuse yeah people, people do do that and i completely acknowledge that 100 percent. i i just want people to start thinking about tools there are yeah. ways mm -hmm. ways that you can mitigate the emotion that you feel that's not uh that's unpleasant that you don't want you know the first thing, of course, is to recognize you're having that emotion. But then what the fuck do you do with it? Do you drink? Mm -hmm. It's what mm -hmm. I used to do. Mm -hmm. And haven't, by the way, since April the 9th of <laughs> two, 2019. Pretty proud of myself about that. Almost uh, the whole year. Yeah, it's, we're getting close. So, uh, and, and uh, still people say, you didn't really have a drinking problem. Like, fuck you, I had a drinking problem. If you can't say no, you have a problem. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so people think of other ways to, to deal with it. They're are not necessarily pleasant rights, violence or uh, physical abuse to their own body, etc. My way in, in high school, after I'd get out of the locker, was to run on the track. I'd just run and run and run and run and run like for 
half an hour or 45 minutes just to like that it's how i developed a love for running mm -hmm. was but it was a coping mechanism at it the was time. a coping yeah. mechanism yeah mm -hmm. it was i was exhausted and it um you know the the endorphins were were built up and i you know and then i smelled funny and i would go back to class <laughs> and people would leave me alone because i smelled bad so <laughs> you know it, i was not expecting that ending <laughs> no you develop skills. You develop skills. Yeah. Right. So, but, you know, it, it's not It's not like that's unusual. People, a lot of people do that kind of thing. They can become artistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that they can get away from the nonsense that other people in, inflict, that they feel other people are inflicting upon them. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that their emotions are their emotions. And they get to choose how they react to stuff. I have had the most incredible year this past year with the, and we talked about this after the meditation camp my lack of anger just phew, gone 15 minutes of meditation in the morning and 15 minutes of meditation in the evening no i'm not doing the full hour although i wish i was doing the full hour i can't figure out where the fuck those people come up with an hour in the morning and an hour at night that's nonsense but i i know that it has changed the way i react to things this year for the first time in my entire life it's never happened to me before I got the worst marks at work that I've ever gotten. If work was graded on a A, B, C, D, I got a D. What yeah. happened? First time ever in my, well, a lot of shit went sideways. And I, mm -hmm. there was a lot of things that I didn't get done. And the boss just finally said, I have to reach you. I have to get you to pay attention to this. Lots of things are behind because you didn't get done. So he gave me a D. First time in my life ever. I've never... I can't say that. I got an F once in high school. But that was the only thing other than, you know, so rest of my life cruising with A's and B's and then I got a D. And if this had happened last year or the year before, I would have been ass over tea kettle freaked out. But now it's just feedback. And I know that with feedback, I can change behavior and have a completely different outcome. Mm -hmm. It's not, he's not a bad guy for doing it. He needed to do it. He needed to get my attention. The outcome is going to be completely different. I'm completely okay with that. But that's, again, having gotten all these tools to mm -hmm. deal with my own emotions. And I hey, maybe we take a, you know, a year off of, say, math and teach social skills or mental health tools. Right. You know, maybe that's a little bit more important than uh, I think that's the next year of English. That's too woo-woo. There's way too much woo-woo in that. But maybe her generation can get that to happen. Maybe like we that? focus I, on having a budget and right. using money. I wish um, my like actual life skills. Right. I wish my generation, the least um, like your generation could do was teach us life skills. The least we could have done for them was teach them life skills. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. It all falls down. Seriously. Yep. It rolls right. downhill. That's it why there's so downhill. much damn debt. And, 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 like, I wish, like, <clears throat> like, I don't have to do a next year, next year of math my senior year, so what am I going to do? I would love to fill that time with, like, learning how to, like, manage my budget, learning how to do taxes, like, I recently, like, got, like, a credit card, so, like, I know how to, like, pay for stuff, but I don't know how to fuck pay taxes and I'll be in my senior year wouldn't it be awesome to like learn taxes and budget right before I hit college yes because then I'm gonna be prepared for that shit 
And and some kids like they learn for themselves, like they go on the internet and whatnot. But that's like also like 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 scary because like there's so much information that that we have now. So it's like and misinformation and misinformation as well, right? So it's just like who the fuck do you trust? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it, and what you could be benefiting from was our mistakes, but we're not doing that, right? Where we should be, mm. right? We we're gonna have lots of conversations about money. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm making plans in my head, listening. Listen, listen, stuff about well, it's not. I I get, I've gotten such weird feedback from people about money, and you know I've had some really wild experiences about money. I know. Where like somebody, somebody pretended they were me, and I'm a quarter of a million dollars lighter than I would have been if that was preventable, and reflectively. Potentially could have been preventable, but I was completely unaware, unaware of it. So, the, the boy, I have different issues around money now. And, and I'll... We I'll, should do a whole money episode. We should. But I'll just tell you this. I'll tell you that the reactions that I get from people around that, I think it's weird. It's just, I, I look at them and I go, what on the fuck are you talking about? So, for instance, we own our home, right? And we have owned our home for... You mean outright own? Outright own our home. Mm -hmm. And we have for like five years. And that was not accidental. That was purposeful. We did things. We changed uh, decisions so that we could own our home before the age of 60. Right? We didn't go on vacations. That's right, people. We didn't go on vacations for 10 years. We didn't get new cars. That's right, people. We drove cars around that had 250,000, 300,000 miles on them. Uh-huh. No electronic anything in them. Why? Because we wanted to own our home before the age of 60. No new clothes. No, okay. You, you have to buy, eventually they just become threadbare and you have to get new clothes. But you, you get what I'm saying. We arranged things so that we could own our home before the age of 60. And... I had friends that would say things to me like, wow, it must be nice to make enough money to pay off your home before you're 60. They fucking made more money than I did. But their behavior was, it was about how much money I was bringing in. It wasn't about changes, decisions that we made differently. Sacrifices. Yeah, that we made differently <clears throat> so that we could reach this goal, right? Well, let's come back and do a money episode. And I would love to have what you see with money and what I see with money. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to hear the obstacles and questions and why is that the case? You know, feedback. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. As we describe, here's how I fucked this up. Here's how you can do better. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. You know. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. I'm all in. Yeah. I, I love that idea. I want to honor you guys' time today, and we are at about an hour. So if there's anything that you specifically wanted to talk about, I want to give you the floor. Okay. Um, so for for my generation, it, it's it's so cool, like, sitting with, like, generation and, like, my generation of, of women as well, generations of, like, feminists and stuff. Um, are I you want... a feminist? Because I'm not a feminist. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, my generation sees the word feminism differently. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, when you say it, you mean it in a negative connotation because it's become something more than what it started with. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I see that in between of 
feminism feminism doesn't have to be a bad word, but there are certainly people that are loud that make it seem hateful, okay. which is not what it was intended for. No. Okay. And what do you see? No, um, I see uh, feminism as the unification of men and women working together and supporting each other and making sure like they're both equal which is what it started which is as. what it started as yeah like i remember my my mom is just fucking amazing she took me to see uh <laughs> julia's nodding her head uh my mom uh took me to see gloria steinem the woman who fucking started it all that that was that was really fucking fantastic and if it weren't for her opening doors for women gosh darn it i would not be able to be like the free open loving pansexual woman that i am today mm-hmm. like, do you need a slide i'm so, oh, do you need a slide no for I, that? I, 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 i'm good thanks pansexual for that <laughs> and and for me it's, there are certain complications with with my generation but gosh darn it I love my generation because even though, like, we have, like, all this sh- shit on us, like, I look at, like, other kids around me and it's just, like, <sighs> it's going to be fucking tough, but I think we got it covered. And with generational, like, support, like, like just support from, like, people in general, and, and from people in, gen- in general, I know that my generation will take care of each other. It sounds so very hopeful. Right. I, I'm very hopeful. Instead of cynical, which is what Gen X was. Absolutely. <laughs> We're right. like, the world's ending, Y2K. Right. We're all gonna die, 2012. Like, everything that happened during our generation is like, the end. Everything's bad. Everything's terrible. Even though we're inventing all this tech, it's like, eh, robots are gonna take over. And that just sounds so hopeful to me. It makes me happy to hear that. So you're not aware that you're going to become a robot. All right, we'll have to talk about that later. (laughs) I I hear, like, but I remember when I was, like, in fifth grade, like, sitting there, and, like, my mom has, like, the news on, and you know why she had the news on? It's because gay marriage was legalized. Oh. That was the day? That was the day. That was the day. I remember that day, and I was sitting, I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, Mom, what's that? And she's like, and she's like, she holds me, like, in her arms, and she's like, well, Barack Obama just signed uh, um, a right to legalize gay marriage, and I was like, "Oh!" So you like, knew what that was? No, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was. But you knew she was happy for equality. I knew what gay was, but I didn't realize that it meant for also like men and women. I thought gay just meant like a male can can be with a male romantically. I didn't realize that there was, that like meant for like all these people can like fucking get married i can get married to a woman now that's cool that's very cool (laughs) but i remember like as a kid like i was just like oh no no gay people can like get married but then i realized like what your guys's generation did is that it allowed me for my future to marry a woman that's if i wanted to yeah, to marry whoever you're in love with. right to marry whoever you're you're in love with period yeah and and I know that my generation, I am hopeful that my generation will support each other because I think even though, like, we have, like, our own, like, 
separated groups like when we when we are at school we'll head off to college and we're gonna hang out with people that like are so different than us and we're just and we're gonna have whatever reaction we have but i know like we're gonna love each other yeah that's awesome can i can i uh tandem on that sure just (laughs) because that's fun that's that she was hugging you and and she was saying um you know, gay people can get married, and you're right. like, I don't, I'm, I, yay! No, I, oh, I <laughs> Great, I have no idea what that means, so but yay, I, Mom. I remember sitting in the, because um, we were, when we first got to Seattle, it was 1964, and uh, by the way, I thought Seattle was a magical place. <laughs> I did, because I was four years old, and prior to that, there were a whole bunch of times when I went hungry as a child. In 1964, the thing that changed was, do you know? That's when welfare came yes. to be. Well, yes. So all children ate. I was trying to think of the name As of, of the 1964. program. <laughs> yes. I, and it was my first experience with eating every day. And so I thought Seattle was magical. Anyway, uh, fast forward to 1967. Yeah, 67. And I'm seven years old. And we're watching um, the little tiny 13-inch black and white <laughs> screen. Cute. It was smaller than that right there. It was television. And my mom is crying. And I go sit on the couch with her. I'm like, what's wrong, Mama? And she says, the president just signed civil rights into law. And I, I sat down Which next to her. Which took two different assassinations to make happen. Yep. I sat down next to her, cuddled up next to her, and I said, is that a good thing, Mama? I don't understand. Or I said some words to that effect. And she put her arm around me and she said, Julia, no little child will get a beating for drinking out of the water fountain. And the thing... The reason she said it like that is that when I was four, just before we got to Seattle, we lived in Georgia where there was a differentiation, black water fountain, white water fountain. Yeah, you lived right in the middle of the civil rights stuff. My dad caught me drinking out of the black water fountain. He yanked me up by my hair and beat the crap out of me in front of God and everybody. Because he wanted everybody else, all those white people around us, to see that he was punishing his child right for drinking out of the black water fountain. But until she explained that to me, which, by the way, I never understood. Not, not at that point. Because I didn't even read. Anyway, but when, she, when we were sitting on the couch the other day and we're watching the TV and she's crying. Big tears are coming down. She's got a hold of me and she says, No little children will ever get whoopings. We're drinking out of the wrong water fountain. You that, are speaking to the couch, by the way. So could you say that towards the microphone? No little children will ever get whoopings for drinking out of the wrong ma- water fountain ever again. That really, that made, that was significant to me. That that's, drove it home. Right. A federal thing had happened and changed our lives forever. Right. We'll have to have a conversation about what happened to me that day that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Because that was really bad. What are you most, let's end on hope, since you right. started that. Uh, what are you look, most looking forward to in in your adult life? Could be anything. It could be a social change thing. It could be personal. Right. I, um, when I get to college, the thing that I plan uh, to, to do or to work on is to work in psychology and okay. to help the next generation of nice. kids. Nice. I like it. Because <laughs> I don't know if my generation will screw up the next generation. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the domino effect. Trend analysis says yes. 
trend analysis. I mean, you know, but, no parent is perfect. You're going to screw up your kid a little bit. but Right. But I want to try. I love it. All right. Well, anything, any final words from you, Julia? Yeah, I'll make it really super simple. The <laughs> only hero you're ever going to need is yourself. It's the truth, like it or not. Can I still have Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot's pretty awesome. <laughs> I like Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman's it's awesome. She's she's not the hero that's going to bring joy and peace and love to my life. You know, I am. you know who uh, someone who can represent as you. So Wonder Woman for women can represented strong women. I would. One thing that I love what Marvel did is that they made Deadpool pansexual. So now I get to see a superhero <laughs> who is like me. So I was like, yes. So I would love to see like future generations actually like making and like Disney like actually like having like gay people uh, as an animated like like a gay Disney prince. I want that. <laughs> I want that in the next generation. I want that in my lifetime. You know what? Next generation, get on that. Make start making <laughs> gay Disney princes. Prince. Gay Disney princes. <laughs> gay Disney prince. That's Watch awesome. Thomas Sanders. He wrote a song about gay Disney prince. Cool. That's all I got. All right. Yeah. Thank you for coming over, and um, we'll do it again. Thank you. We'll do many. <laughs> All right, here's where I thought the interview was ending, and here's where we continue on. I actually edited this down, but it went on for more than an hour, and there was such good points made quite a few times that I felt like I needed to add them on. So here, in no particular order, and there's a little bit of uh, space in between each point when I edit it out, so I apologize for that if it's a little choppy, but there were some really great talking points made. Here you go. It's not really our place to judge. It's really our place to live our own value system. And then as long as we're living our own value system, we're good. Wow, this is a great example of, it doesn't really matter what we look like. Just be good, better. Be better to each other. Just don't be a dick. That's my motto. Don't be a dick? Right, don't be a dick. That's That's my motto too. That would be a really great t-shirt if only we could wear that around. Don't Don't be be a dick. dick. Like, I I couldn't wear that t-shirt at work. Male or female, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. (laughs) No, but seriously. Or transgender. Don't be a dick. Or non-binary. Gender fluid. We're not recording. Are we still recording? Why are we recording? In case you say any nuggets of wisdom, I can add them on to the end. Oh, okay. Is it a baby crack? That's a chicken. Chickens. Um. Wait. uh, Talking about, like, like money and stuff, there's also a thing in my generation where we have uh, idolism. Like, we idol people who have a lot of money and we want to like be a part of the trend we want to like be a part of something that seems wealthy and oh right so when you say idol you're talking about idolizing yeah okay i thought you see this is the this is the fun thing with her right (laughs) i thought she meant idol as in not doing shit i'm not doing (laughs) shit i'm idle right now I'm going to idle with somebody Not else. I-D-L-E. This is the thing I do. I-D-L-L. I call my friend. I, I call my friend and we idle together. This is the thing I do. <laughs> She'll come up with some. Tell her about the ship has sailed. That ship oh has sailed. Oh, my God. So well, I, well, I used this. I'm telling her this story. And then I said, well, that ship sailed. And she went, what? <laughs> that doesn't mean 
to me, in my generation, that doesn't mean the same as it that does. That ship her. sailed has a different Okay, okay. Uh, but, like, idol- idolism is, like, like the trend of, like, we want to, like, be a part of something wealthy. And when I see people, like, wanting to, like, follow a trend, I'm like, well, you're not going to have that. You're not, you're not going to have that for very long. You're going to move on to something else. Oh, gosh, you might have a kid. And, and what's going to become of you? So are you talking about when they want cars or clothes or right, something when like they, that? Right, when they want... A status symbol? We called it status symbols. And I, I call it, like, uh, the obsession with the possession. Ooh, that's a good phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all of this, like, materialistic value, just, like, whatever you have is a perception of, like, who you are, and it's like, mm, you need to fill your time with, like, other stuff. But I remember, like... Re, uh, the, the, the ship thing. She, we're in the car and she says, like, the ship has sailed. And I'm like, what? You know what that, you know what that means? And, and for me, when, when people say now the ship has sailed, for my generation, when we say ship, we mean, like, a relationship. Ah, yes. A relationship. Yes, yes. Like, like, in, like, a TV show or, right, like, in right. anything. Do you ship so-and-so yeah. and so-and-so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you want so-and-so to, like, get together, so you ship the, them. The Raylo they, ship. I got you. Yeah, the Raylo ship. Thank you. And <laughs> oh, right. I, I was so happy when that happened. I'll talk about that later. But she she told me, like, the ship, the ship, had, uh, the ship has sailed, and I'm like, wait, what ship? <laughs> like, you have a ship? Uh, and she's like, no, it. I don't have a ship. And I'm like, oh, you mean, like, an actual boat? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> colloquialism. Like, Such good times. Well, it's fun. It, the whole change in words thing is fun. Yeah. I, I, I can always tell. If you tell want him off, you just put him down. I can always. Ben. Ben. No <laughs> looking. Come here, sweet. Hey. Get down. I can good always boy. tell when I've said something and it doesn't mean what I, I think it means <laughs> because of the look on her face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, she's just a This is a problem. I'm not around teenagers enough to know these things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I could have a teenager right now. Rough. <laughs> you all can't see the look on my face right now. It's, it's, it's kind of like a shock look, like a, oh gosh, that's a shocking revelation look. I <laughs> saw. Now, now, as a Gen Z, tell me how you feel about this statement. It's more for, meant for me. Uh, 2050 is as far away as 1990 is back. Huh? What? So 2050 is 30 years from now. Uh-huh. 1990 yeah. was 30 years ago. Wow. Wow. Right? Wow. Yeah. That does not feel like the same amount of time to me. That's, that is funny. Time, no, that time, doesn't feel like the same amount of time for time, me either. Time's malleable. Time, or time, time is um, um No, and I think I talked about it a little bit with my friends, just like, 1990 was 30 years ago, like someone right? said to me, and I was like, yeah. No, it wasn't. And they're like, yeah, it was. Yeah. And I was like, what? No. And I was in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you'll like this one, Julia, too. Um, Matt sent this one to me. If you were born in the 70s, raised in the 80s and 90s, make it to 2020. You've lived through five decades, two centuries, two millennia, and you're not even 50. Wow. That is significant. I um, am still going through the process of cleaning out stuff from my childhood home because the way that I took care of it was we emptied out the house and we sold it. And so now my house has a bunch of shit in it that was from the house and my brother's house has a bunch of shit in it that was from the house. 
My sister, non-player. Anyway, I ran across the letter that I'd written to my mom when I was, uh, this, it's, it's really weird because it was right before the Persian Gulf. So I'm at sea. The Persian Gulf. The war, Persian Gulf War. I don't, so, I don't know if they heard that because it was a little oh, muffled. So I'm clarifying. I'm, I'm at sea, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm writing in the to, Navy as in the Navy, reminding people in the Navy, and I'm write and I'm uh, writing mom about s stuff that seems so, you know, in this letter it's just like, it seems so fucking stupid <laughs> when I'm writing it now because reflectively, looking back I'm like why the fuck was I bitching about not getting to go to Australia, it, because what happened almost immediately after that was a great big giant holy cow holy fuck thing right, but. I'm bitching about um, the steaming around in the Indian Ocean sort of mindlessly and why don't we just go to Australia? That kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so this is my new thing and I, I tell Cindy this all the time. We're going to write stuff down now. We're just absolutely going to write stuff down. Everything that, when, when something happens during the day and it's significant, we're going to write it down because that piece of paper meant so much to me to read this piece of paper that I wrote mm -hmm. to my mother in 1988 or something like that. I don't even remember when it was, but it was a while ago, right? Mm -hmm. So so anyway, I'm writing her this letter and reflectively I'm going, wow, this was really significant to me at the time. And just two months later, none of that shit mattered. Because the letter was written in 87. Yeah. The first event that happened in the Persian Gulf that caused us to go, we may need to go to war with you guys, mm -hmm. was something called the U the bombing of the USS Stark. Actually, we call it the missling. The missling of the USS Stark. And that's the event that we then steamed off to in clandestine manners, by the way, because there were women aboard our ship and we were not supposed to go to combat. <laughs> yes, yes. And all the I guys, remember. all the guys were pissed. You know why? Why? They didn't get any combat pay because there were women aboard their ship. How could they possibly get any combat pay? Because they're fucking women aboard this ship. <laughs> well, when I was in the army, the first attack helicopter pilot, female mm -hmm. pilot, was just starting. Mm -hmm. And when I got out, there was only seven. <laughs> Four years later. Woo! Six, well, six years later, but... Yeah. Yeah. So... Imagine... So anyway, the the letter thing that was so much fun to read that and to know my mom. Uh, yeah, my mom. She was grateful for all those letters. She kept all of them. That shocked the shit out of me. How many of those letters I found. The stuff that we don't know that we're gonna think is significant later on. It uh, still amazes me. The thing I didn't tell you that uh, I asked you about your. They talked to you about 9/11 when I was little, and they would have us do the. Cold War drills. Yeah. You know what a Cold War drill is? Yeah. Underneath a desk. Well, we call them earthquake drills. Mm, this was for a nuclear attack. Yeah. Well, this, we didn't this, do them. This was because in, we were, in case we were attacked by a nuclear bomb, our desk was going to save us. <laughs> right. And then they showed us all a video where all of us turned to ash. No. And they wondered why... That was my generation. Yeah. I, and they wondered why we all were having nightmares. Well, you... We did see that video too, but when you we talked about that video, I, I kind of went, mm, that wasn't the significant video. For us, yeah. the significant video was, it had to do with marijuana. Oh, Reefer Madness. Yes, Good Lord. Yes. I've seen it. 
Yes. What a terrible for, movie. For us, it was about reefer madness. Reefer so, madness. The reason why that was so significant for me was because I knew a whole bunch of people that smoked weed. <laughs> and uh, they weren't well, running around the street like crazy I people? Like, I was like, oh my God, is that going to happen to them? Are they going to start doing that because they smoke weed? i got to get them to stop smoking weed. How do I do that? Reefer Madness was a propaganda film, in case you haven't seen it. Oh, you got to look that up. It's, it's fucking white, hilarious. isn't it? It's hilarious, yes. It's hilarious. And um, basically, it shows everyone ever smoking weed, having a psychotic break, and like killing people and freaking out. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's really fun to do if you're fucked up. So what about all this, uh, all this everybody's drugs vaping? Yeah, die because they get told that it's safe and that so, it's cool. So vaping is still a serious Va- threat. Yeah, and smoking weed is still a serious, a serious threat. Like, it's not a cigarette. It's just weed. <laughs> that's, that's what I've heard people say, and it's like, dude. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So, like, that's why I thought, like, weed brownies would be okay, because they're, they're, the weed's just mixed. I didn't know how much weed was in there. It's not, it's not hard alcohol. It's just beer. Right. right. 20 of them, but it's just <laughs> beer. Right, right? It's not a cigarette. It's just weed. And it's like, no, dude. Like, I remember my, my grandma was like, in my generation, they told us that cigarettes were okay. Yeah. My, my pop. They passed them out in the military. In high school. They, my pop used to talk about how he would get, they called them trial packs. In high school, they they had a vending machine and they were free. They were free. To go go pick out what you want. Paul Mullen, uh, Lucky Strikes. Uh, you guys have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Okay. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't want to touch anything anymore. Yeah. No. I was like. No, I was I was like I don't want to touch anything anymore, and they're just like okay, so we won't give that shit to you, and I think we won't do it either. Yeah. So I think my generation, um, thank God, is like either they've been influenced by people who do drugs, or they have decided like I'm just not gonna do it, and I've I've decided I'm not gonna do it. It doesn't benefit me in any way in my life. And so, like, I tell, like, my adult family, like, your generations, and they're just like, well, well, let's not get carried away here. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want to do drugs or alcohol, period. And you're telling me just, like, well, let's not get carried away. Like, like really? you're going to go to college, and, like, you're going to, like, want to go have a drink with your friends. And I'm like, not my friends. My friends are going to have a fucking intellectual conversation with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that they won't. No. I'm saying that they will. Right. I'm saying that I can hear your family right now looking at you going, oh, come on. Uh, you'll be a teenager. You'll, you'll be, be a teenager. You'll be a young you're, adult. You're going to go to a bar and your friends are going to want to drink. And I'm like, if they want to drink, I'm going to drive them home. That's who I'll, I am now. I'll get a virgin cocktail or something. I'm the permanent designated driver. Right. Like, I would be your mom. If you start fucking gyrating on a dance pole, I'm just going to grab you, fucking shove you in a fucking taxi, and <laughs> we're going to get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm like... This is I, me. This is me when I was 17. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Had, I, I tackled a, someone on a front lawn because they were trying to drive off drunk from a party. Oh. He was much bigger than me. Nice. <laughs> I wish I had a good job. Good job. I went to someone's parents and told them they were drinking too much. They had a drinking problem. Wow. 
Are you still friends? Uh, well, we weren't great friends in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just a, like an acquaintance, you know. He was an upperclassman. And I went with someone else. <clears throat> and we went to his parents and we're like, this dude is, has a problem. You need to fix this. Yeah, I do it now. Before. He's 16. Oh, God. Fix it. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah. But um, I do absolutely see the benefit of THC and CBD, and I want it to be oh, yeah. legal so we can research it and do yeah. actual good things with it. I think yeah, I concur. It's a huge benefit for anxiety and PTSD Epilepsy. and so many things, yeah. so many things. And yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely not against it. I just don't, I can't use it myself. But, but I would say if, if you happen to broadcast this, I would say to anybody listening that if you've not done it, uh, do it really, really gingerly your first mm-hmm. time. Because I, I ended up in a situation with friends who were regular users. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when the one friend found out I'd never done it before, I was in my early 30s at the time. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was super stoked. He was like, oh, she's a virgin. So she got he got out something that purportedly was like the premium whatever the fuck it was. This was back <laughs> in the... So you probably 80s. needed like a half a puff. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s, whatever the case was. Uh, uh, it was 90s, early 90s. <clears throat> and yeah, I probably should have gone for half a puff if he gave me a bolt. And uh, oh I don't remember the next few hours. The next yeah. thing I remember is uh, waking up in bed with my best friend, and we're both naked. And oh I am, well, I recognize that I'm in a strange room. Then I recognize this is his room. Why am I in this room? And then I look, and he's naked, and I'm naked, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and I, uh, like, punch him and go, wake up! And he wakes up, and I said, why are you naked? <laughs> and he's like, he's all he's all cuddly and stuff, and like, hi. And I went, what's going on here? Why are you naked? Where are my clothes? And he goes, oh. Don't tell me you don't remember because I was magnificent last night. I outdid myself. And I'm just like, fucking, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm so going to kick your ass. <laughs> it, I don't remember anything. Nothing. We dated for about six months. <laughs> we, and he to this day, he to this day says he just wishes that the onset of our relationship was, uh, was different. That's all. And this is a conversation about consent, boys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was fucked up too. So he didn't Yeah, when that. you told me that story, that was just like my added evidence like not to do drugs yeah, anymore. T- totally, totally. But it, you know, I was like I do not want to wake up with a naked boy or girl yeah. or anybody period right next to me while I'm naked as well and yeah. I don't remember shit. Yeah. And I I did feel bad for him after that because we did have a relationship for 6 months and there were times when he would say things like is there any chance you think that this relationship is not mutually beneficial physically and I went you're good you're very good yes I'm sad I missed the first night <laughs> <laughs> I love telling him that uh, I love telling him. <laughs> to this day I love telling him that he's just you shut up about that please anyway, it's a fun memory now but yeah that's the part about consent boy that's a conversation that you should have with some people not 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 about uh not about the drug thing, but just about the differences with boys and girls and sex. Because a, a, a friend of mine who's a psychologist just told me some things that just rocked my world. She said, you don't understand how, how really uh, young, especially young men, they don't get it. 
they don't under you you will tell them an event about something that happened to a girl and they have no idea why she's upset. They don't even know why she's upset. It didn't even last that long. Why why is she upset? I was just like, "What?" Wait, what? Really? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't last that long. It didn't why? even last that long. Why is she upset? Yeah. Their chemistry is different. I, I'm so Their glad I don't know any fucking boys like that. I'm so no, glad I No, have you some... might. Because some of them are just not revealing that. Okay, no, that. I might, I might, I might, I might. Yeah, some of them are just not revealing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm at the point now where I'm like, wow, are, is it really that their brains are structured so differently? Their chemistry is structured so differently. They can't recognize that stuff, you know? Right. Anyway, so that'd be, a, get somebody on here that can talk about that. that that'd be, uh, you, you'd have some interesting reactions. To There's that. a long list of topics. <laughs> Is there a long list yes. of topics? Do you got any bartenders on there? Because I got a friend that's a bartender. <laughs> She's an awesome bartender, been doing it for decades. And I said, How would you like to encourage the drinking public to behave differently at a bar? She's like, I'm interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> that goes back to making decisions before you start drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. She's definitely <clears throat> seen some stuff. I'm impressed that she's still a bartender after all these decades. People behave oddly, and in bars they really behave oddly. And poorly. At times it can be poorly, for sure. Sometimes your generation scares me. My generation? What about her generation? <laughs> Mine more than hers. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I, you're looking at the people who were all excited about plastics. I remember when I was a little kid and everybody's like, plastics! Plastics are gonna save the fucking world. And I now it's. I just heard of. But you got away with a lot of fucking stuff. Stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff Wait, that could you, get you killed. You don't know what you don't know. You can't possibly think your way out of a situation if you don't so know So were they wrong. like guinea pigs and now we get to tell the next generation, hey, don't do this shit? Kind of. Yeah. It's a dead, <laughs> no, it's an accurate statement. Wow. I mean, think about, coming back to the discussion of consent, think about this, we're actually talking about consent and what that means and what that looks like. When, we talked about that when I was little. No. And, and, the date rape didn't exist. The, the words date rape the didn't exist. Yeah. Um, date pre rape? Pressuring someone into doing date something rape. wasn't rape. Yeah. Date rape? Like, yeah. like you're dating someone and you rape them? Like, you're dating somebody and they rape you. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. That's yeah. a phrase. Oh, Be okay. being, raping your husband or wife? That didn't exist either. Oh. Because you're married, so rape can't exist, right? Oh, my God. Right. So, if no, we just call know, it, we just, we just call it, like, rape, no matter who it is. If it's not consensual, <laughs> it's it fucking... <laughs> if it's not consensual, we just call it rape. Right, but you have... A baseline understanding of that. Right. Whereas back then... They had to learn. Just like child abuse. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. Too bad. Everybody got the belt. Everybody got the belt. <laughs> so when you... When I say to you, we need a cultural shift. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. We need right. a cultural shift. I, um, I remember uh, my, my, my aunt just became a parent and she's part of your generation she went to high school in the 90s and she just had a baby so now like she's like in her 40s is like my baby cousin wilder and like they they're telling me like all these things like they're doing as like a parent like when people ask the 
when people ask them, like, oh, what gender is the baby? They go, she hasn't decided yet. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And I was, and I told them, like, that's really cool. I'm so glad, like, your generation, like, can do that. And she's like, no, that's fucking your generation. That is your generation. Because had she had that child in her 20s, that wouldn't have been there. That wouldn't have been there. No. That wouldn't even, like, cross her mind. Yeah. My poor mom. Because you don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know. (laughs) You don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And, like, my grandma, I remember, like, we would, like, style, like, the baby's hair in, like, a mohawk. And she's like, no, don't do that. That makes her look like a boy. And my dad, and my uncle's like, what the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> she might be a boy. We don't know that. Uh-huh. We don't know that. Right. That's she, cool. she might be, like, whatever. And she's like, no, that, no, we have, we obviously, like, must have to treat her as, like, a girl, and so I really just wanted to look at her. I was like, okay, boomer, like, <laughs> I really just, like, wanted to just, like, is that, Wait, is that a derogatory term? Yes. <gasps> you guys have been calling me boomer, and it's a derogatory term? <laughs> no, just when I say, okay, boomer. Right. That's like saying, okay, old lady. Oh. You're I'm out of touch. I don't give a crap. I'm using the old lady thing. It's fun. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Whenever I want, like, I don't know. I just want to see what I can get with it. You know, I'll take my hat off so then get the full gray, full on gray. And then they do shit for me that I don't really need them to do, but it's fun. Oh, yeah. I'm full on looking forward to getting senior discounts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I truly I'm love embracing that. it. Yeah. When I go to the register and I say, hey, you got any of those senior discounts? My mom used to do that and embarrass the crap out of me, and now I'm doing it. Ha, ha, ha. I do like that thing, though, that your uncle and aunt are doing. I think that's Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because, like, she, that baby's going to be the next generation. Yeah. And so if she's raised by parents who will do that for her, yeah, I'm pretty hopeful for this kid. Be more kid. open, be more compassionate. That's right. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. We're going to need that. Right. Yes. A lot more compassion. Because we got some people that don't want to display that. Right. Oh, I'm serious. I, yeah. I have I have a friend who retired two years ago and he wanted me so badly he and his wife had been talking to cindy and i about coming out to where they are building their dream home and uh, I, can, I will not tell you where it is but i will tell you that for decades now he's been telling us you guys need to get some property out there right now and you know when we get retired we'll go out and build our dream homes and blah 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 and i kept saying i don't think that the folks in that state are very welcoming to people like us and he's like oh that's don't listen to that crap that's on the media and blah, 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 you know. I, you, um, I was born there. I was raised there. People around there are good, wholesome people and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He's retired and he lives there now. He told us not to come. He told us not to come. <clears throat> he specifically said that they're thinking about moving because he can't, he is so uncomfortable. With, and he specifically, he said this, not me, he said in the last three years, I have discovered things about my family that I I never would have dreamt were true. My family, they're, they're bigots. They're, oh. they're bigots and they're uh, misogynists and they're, and I went, you didn't know that about them all these decades. He said, they kept it in the closet. They never said anything <clears throat> to me. Yeah. He said, but I'm sitting around the pool table having a conversation, and all of a sudden I realized everybody's looking at me like horns are growing out of my head, and all I said was, I thought it was okay that love is love now, and that people get it, that 
that everybody should be able to love who they want. That you would have thought that I would have, you seriously, you would have thought I was pissing into their face. Some of the responses I was getting from them. He said, and then it just, it kept happening and it kept happening. He was trying to get his septic tank um, dug, right? And uh, three different guys came out to look at the land and stuff and kept quoting him these outrageous prices. And he's like, why is it costing so much? Finally, the last guy said, you know, the truth of the matter is you're not going to get anybody around here to dig this for you. We just don't deal with liberals. This guy isn't even a liberal. My friend is not a liberal, but it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. they've decided that he is the... You de I so want you to watch that documentary and tell me what you think of it. Okay. Because he, he, he finally said, I'm heartbroken that I'm telling you this, but it's the truth. You shouldn't come out here. You shouldn't come out here because they will not be accepting. They will mm -hmm. not be open to it. It will not matter how much money you bring with you that's going to employ them. Not going to help. Yeah. They do not like you. Not for yeah. any good Liberal reason. Liberal has turned into the new feminism. Right. The word well, has become and it, a dirty word. And for word. me, it's not about literal. It's about me being a gay female. <clears throat> right. But right. I mean, that, I don't even mean that specifically in that specific context. But the word liberal has become a dirty word. Oh, yeah. Social justice has become a dirty word. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Republican has become a dirty word. I mean, everything has been so taken out of context. Democratic is a dirty is a dirty word. Mm -hmm. Everything, every like word label, yeah, yeah. is Labels. a is a dirty word to somebody. Yeah, to somebody. And all they see because of this, well, at least partially because of this twenty four hour news blabbing in our face, is the extremes. Did they not notice you? You and I talked about this the last time we were together. Did they not, have they not noticed the shit you can do with video now? That you <laughs> oh can, my god! You can make somebody's that is mouth terrifying. You can make somebody's mouth look like they're saying a thing they are not even saying. Yes. That's not them. That's yes. not them saying this thing. And I thought they, I showed you that video. Yeah, you did. That's terrifying. Yeah. So it's I I literally don't believe anything I see now, I, and I'm okay with that. I do apologize about the very abrupt way that that last part ended, but the rest of the story. Uh, from there on, as you can tell from the rest of the conversation, kind of wandered in various places. And that was the end of what I wanted to share publicly. So if you have any comments or questions, thoughts, anything you want to talk about, you can email me at SomedayDeadPC at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at SomedayDeadPC. You can find us on Facebook at Someday Will All Be Dead Podcast. And Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so that other people are able to find us. If you have any other ideas for a podcast episode and a topic that you want to talk about, please let me know. As you can see with Julia and I, we don't always agree on everything, but it's still a great conversation, and that's really the point of this podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and until next time, because someday we'll all be dead. <laughs>